On today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand, I had the absolute pleasure of talking to Benjamin Davis from Try Now. Really, really interesting concept that they're doing over at Try Now, especially for apparel brands, uh, maybe even shoe brands too. I think this could work super well. Essentially, this allows people to have the full retail experience where they get the product shipped to them without paying and they take care of the Try Now guys, take care of it all in the back end. And then they have seven days or, or whatever you specify afterwards to uh, send it back. So it's it kind of gives it that whole experience of uh, of the, the retail experience um, and they're seeing incredible results. This is something I'm gonna look into for our brands. Really cool conversation. Just some great wisdom uh, from Ben. So I hope you guys enjoy. Today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand is brought to you by Mindful Marketing. At Mindful Marketing, they use ads to get you off using ads. Most e-commerce brands rely heavily on Facebook, Google, Snapchat, Twitter, and all the other paid platforms for the majority of their revenue. At Mindful Marketing, they use paid ads to help you build a community of loyal and repeat customers that will exist long after Facebook and Google do. In fact, Mindful Marketing wants to offer you a free e-commerce growth plan that they normally charge $500 for. A recent growth plan customer said, our ROAS tripled overnight after implementing their tactics. These guys are no joke at Mindful Marketing Co. So go to mindfulmarketing.co slash grow to claim your free e-commerce growth plan today. Now on to today's episode. Hey guys, Jordan West here, and today I have an awesome episode. I have Ben Davis here. For those of you who don't know Ben, Ben is going to tell us a little bit about who he is, what he's doing right now, uh, and where he's from. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Uh, I actually, I think I actually reached out to you, Ben, for this. Um, normally, we have a lot of inbound, and I was just so interested in what you're up to. So for people who don't know you, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Great. Well, thanks, Jordan. Yeah, happy to be here. And I appreciate you reaching out. So my background, I was previously running a direct-to-consumer brand on Shopify Plus. And you know, the product that we're building is exceptionally high quality and some of the softest material I've ever touched. But it's just really hard to convey product quality through a browser window, as, as you know well. So built Try Now to enable any brand to offer a try-before-you-buy model. I'm the founder of Try Now, and we've been working on this for a little over two years now. Cool. So were you building it as you were running that brand? Well, I was running the brand. We wanted to offer this because we had such soft materials and how can we convey that softness? So I figured if we can just allow shoppers to try the product at home, feel the quality of the product, and then only pay for what they keep, conversion rates would go up, average order values would go up, um, and we just would have sh happier shoppers. So we started building this in-house and we were working with an agency. We were working with some internal developers. And what we thought was pretty easy, we're going to authorize a credit card, we're going to charge at a later date, turned out to be incredibly complex. Fraud was a I'm challenge. sure. <laughs> it was a challenge. Integration with the return management software solutions, integration with accounting systems, all the edge cases, multiple fulfillments, split fulfillments. It just became really challenging. So we built Try Now to automate this for any brand, um, you know, not not just the brand that I was at prior. Yeah, 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 for sure. That totally makes sense. I, I think I'm so interested in this because it really is, there, there is a huge problem with uh, with e-com. We were talking before about the classic sort of retail model. Walk, walk me through what the retail model looks like versus the online store model. You know, I think maybe for a little bit of context, you know, we're 20 years into e-commerce and penetration rates are still really low. It's about, yeah. call it, even with what's going on in the world and, and the shift to 
online is still about 20% of the total market. You ask yourself, well, why is that? Well, let's say you walked into a store and you wanted to try on a pair of jeans, that sweatshirt you're wearing and a t-shirt. And I say, hey, Jordan, let me show you to a fitting room. But before you go into the fitting room, give me your credit card. I'll charge you for $173.42, but no worries. If, it, if, if the sweatshirt doesn't fit, if the jeans are too short, you can go to the front and get a refund. You say, Ben, there's no way I'm going to pay for this before I try this on. <laughs> and we would never operate our brick and mortar stores that way, but we all operate our online stores that way. And I think when you contextualize the conversation that way, you realize kind of how unnatural this was. In many ways, e-commerce was like this failed experiment, right? So like we, we launched e-commerce with the best set of tools that we had at the time, but there was no way to provide, give good, send goods to a shopper's house without collecting that payment and charging that card. But with the advancement of payment technology, with the advancement of 3PL, with the advancements of, of return management software solutions, it provides the scaffolding and infrastructure and the plumbing to really enable e-commerce to be a lot more natural. So that's effectively what you do. You can think about trying now converting the living room into the fitting room. Yeah. Super cool. Okay. So how is this different? Because when I first heard about you guys, I heard through some contacts on LinkedIn and I was, I was really interested in it. How is this different than buy now, pay later? What's the biggest difference? Yeah. So the Sci-Fi Ventures, which is uh, Max Levchin, the CEO of a firm, um, one of the largest buy now, pay later tools. He's actually an investor in Trent now. And he's an investor because him and David Sachs of PayPal, who are also investors, really view the try now, buy later category as as big and as powerful as the buy now, pay later category. So I think that the interesting thing is like they're adjacent categories. They solve two very different pain points, but they're similar businesses from a pricing model, from how we make really frictionless to try our service and offering. But at its core, we're adjacent categories that play a role at different steps of the purchase path. So shoppers will opt to try a product before they buy, right? They say, I'm not sure if I want, if I like this product, if it'll fit, if the dress will be flattering, if this the sweater will fit in the shoulder. If you have all these questions and having questions for an e-commerce purchase is natural. But paying in the face of those questions and doubt is unnatural. And so we mm. flip it, we get more natural. We allow shoppers to try that product on at home. And maybe they're gonna they're, they tried three, three items, they're gonna keep two, return one. Once they decide they want to buy, then in due time they'll be able to finance it with a buy now pay later tool. So it's kind of just two different steps within the funnel. We we live, we exist a little bit further up funnel before mm -hmm. they actually decide to buy. And if they do buy, they can either pay with credit, with debit, with PayPal, with Afterpay, with a firm, with any other solution. How does that physically work? Like, are they actually going through like the Shopify checkout? Like, is this for just for Shopify Plus or is this regular Shopify as well? Yeah. So it works with all Shopify merchants. We do focus on Shopify Plus, but we work with all we work with all all brands. How it works is you, you exist on the PDP. So the shopper comes to the product detail page. They'll be presented with a few options. They can either buy something now or they can try something now. And if they try it now, then they're not charged up front. They have the opportunity to add items to their cart and they, play, and they go through the Shopify checkout. And that places an order on the back end of the e-commerce system. The brand fulfills that item. It sends it to the shopper's house. And once there's a successful delivery date, that begins the trial period. So the shopper has called seven days or 14 days or 30 days, which is determined by the merchant um, to try the products on at home and only pay for what they keep. And so at the end of that trial period, once they know what they want to keep and what they want to return, if anything, they'll go through the return management software reverse flow, whatever the brand has set up and print out their label or use the label provided to them and send it back. Interesting. Okay. How, from a brand perspective, because everybody who's listened to this podcast for a while knows that we're in apparel, right? We have three soon to be five apparel brands. 
<laughs> How right. does this work from a cash flow standpoint for the brands? Because that's what scares me the most is we already have massive cash cycles. Like we produce everything in our hometown here. Our cash cycles are like six months, eight months long sometimes. And then you're going to add another like 30 days. Yeah. Yeah. So you only need enough cash for three weeks. So when you launch Try Now, we'll call it, let's call it a portion of your business of those orders will go through the Try Now platform. Yeah. Right. So not, not your entire business. Of that portion of the business, a portion of it will get delayed, but it's only three weeks. It just shifts the time period back by three weeks. For that out of orders, you're collecting cash, call it 20 days after the order's place. But once you get through that three week time period, then you're just collecting the same cash and the same orders. It's really not a drain on cash flow. If that is something that you want, you could work with us. And we can set up financing to just front the money to you, but it's not something that's required in, in most brands. Uh, it's not an issue for our brands. But I think the reason why it's not an issue is because they're making a lot more money with Try Now. Mm -hmm. Totally, right? that's the power. And I think the the value, the ROI, can really be thought of in two things from a quantitative perspective. Two things: more orders and bigger orders. Yeah. Um, so with more orders by increasing conversion rates, and so those increased conversion rates really manifest themselves in decreased CPAs increased return on ad spend and just converting and acquiring more customers. When that compounds with bigger orders through an increase in AOV, uh, that's when things become really compelling, right? So when the shopper doesn't have to pay for it upfront, they're more willing to fill, the, fill their cart with more items. And more items means more opportunities for the shoppers to find more products that they love. And mm. so similar to if you went into a store, AOVs in store are typically 50 to 100% higher than AOVs online. And that's because shoppers get to try products on. So you get to bring three or four items in the fitting room, whereas online, you know, bring one, maybe two. Yeah, totally makes sense. Okay, this is great. I've got another question for you. What, and I'm sure you guys have done the studies on this, what is the return? And I know it's not technically a return, but what is that rate like comparatively to normal returns in an apparel store? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, this like requires brands to rethink and transform their relationship with returns. Totally. I think that behind every market changing idea is a contrarian idea. And our contrarian idea is that high return rates can be healthy for your business. So, you know, for the past 20 years or so, we've been told that high return rates will erode your margins. Uh, they'll kill your business. Uh, it's bad. Like high return rates are bad. They're stigmatized, right? And that's true if conversion rates and average order values are fixed, right? So if those metrics are fixed and return rates go up and the brand loses margin. It's not a good thing. Historically, conversion rates and AOV are historic, are very stubborn metrics. Um, and the difference is that try now really unlocks conversion rates and average order values in a massive way, which offsets the return increase by several orders of magnitude. Yeah. Okay. I mean, totally makes sense. When I look, uh, you know, into big, massive spreadsheets that, you know, one yeah. thing goes here, one thing goes there. That makes so much sense to me, right? Because you're upping the amount, first of all, the AOV, V is going up, right? So right. that return isn't always necessarily the entire order. It's just one or two things, maybe that of the seven things that they ordered because they weren't really pressured into ordering. Exactly. Exactly. It's like it, we we don't we don't really think about return rates at try now. We think about keep rates. You know, so like the the inverse of, of that is the buy zero rate. So like what percentage of people try stuff and then buy nothing? That's not good, right? We don't like when someone because then you're paying to uh, ship stuff to the shopper and coming back. Turns out that that buy zero rate is typically lower than the, than the brand's return rate. And so the question is like, can you can you increase the AOV by enough? Can you reduce the need for discounts by enough to offset the incremental cost of returns? And, and it comes down to really a, a simple math equation. Are you generating more revenue per order compared to the incremental return costs? Hmm. And for all 
as we are. And one uh, another driver here is discounts. Are you finding that with your brands, it's a it's just a more discount heavy environment, either with your brands or just brands that you know of um, in the past year or so, uh, having to use discounts a little bit more to incentivize purchases? I, I think so. I mean, it really depends on the season, right? And what the brands are doing, whether they're doing new releases or not. But if they're, yeah. if they're sticking with these same products, absolutely, right? To just incentivize that behavior. It's a terrible cycle to get into. I don't ever yeah. recommend uh, discount cycles like that. Maybe yeah. to get people on your list, but that's about it. But yeah, totally. Like it's, it's definitely a huge issue that brands are having and it erodes brands. Yes. Yeah, it totally erodes brand value over time. But at the same time, I get the desire to, to do it, right? Like we need to hit numbers. We need to increase growth. We need to incentivize purchases. I think even for brands that don't discount heavily, almost every brand has a 20% off discount or a 10% off discount for that first purchase. It's to help build that email list and also acquire customers. You know, One key thing for trying out orders is given the shopper can add items to their cart for $0, there's no longer the need for a discount because 20% off of $0 is still $0. So it doesn't... Yeah incentivize that purchase. We've been able to help brands transition away from discounts. And when you do that, imagine you have a $100 AOV. And let's say you typically have 20% off first-time purchase discount. That's $20 um, that's given away to that customer, uh, to acquire that customer. Well, if we block discounts from trying out orders and instead say, we're going to give you the ability to try multiple products at home for free, we have $20 of additional margin cushion in those trying out orders. Yeah. Incremental return costs might be $3, $4, $5, $5. But if we can eliminate that $20 discount, if we can increase AOV by 30 bucks, if we can decrease customer acquisition costs by 20 bucks, all of a sudden, you know, you're basically spending five bucks to make 70, if I did the math correctly, 30, 30, and 10, or something along those lines. But basically, would you spend a dollar to make five, six, seven, eight dollars? You know, of course you would. That requires a shift in, in thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, this is super, super interesting to me. I've got one more question for you. Physically, how does it work at the end? So say you've got a seven, they've got seven days to try it on and decide. Are they getting emailed that whole time? Like, hey, do you like it? Hey, here's the link to pay. Does it automatically charge their card? How, how does that all work? Yeah, so that order gets placed and they'll get an order confirmation saying, hey, your order's placed, here's what to expect. And that order gets shipped and sent to the shopper's house. They'll have an email or an SMS um, that says your package has arrived. This begins your trial period. They'll have a portal where the shopper can go to to see what's going on with their trial, how much longer do they have in their trial, and manage their trial within a shopper-facing portal. And then at the end of the process, they'll be notified that they'll give they'll have a reminder. You know, you have two days left in your trial, and then on the last day of the trial, they'll say, you know, if you're if you have any returns, just go through this process to initiate a return. And then if not, it just charges is the card on file or correct if not we'll charge a card on file gotcha so do they choose their payment method at the beginning like when they first make the the purchase or quote unquote purchase the try that's right and then what over time, they'll be able to use other payment forms uh, and change that payment form during the trial period. Gotcha. What about people whose cards decline the second time? Yeah. So we're able to handle that with, with our proprietary fraud system. So we ensure the risk so that all the brand needs to think about is how do I acquire customers? How do I get my product out there into people's homes? And we we handle everything else. Um, so that selling a try now item is uh, the same level of effort and attention required as selling a buy now item. Cool. Okay. I keep saying one more question. What percentage of orders are you seeing on stores that implement this? 
Um, how what percentage of orders are actually going through this? Yeah, so it depends on depends on the brand and, and how they market it. And I'd say anywhere between twenty to sixty or seventy percent of orders will go through our system across. Wow. It, it varies varies. I think when brands see the impact it has on their business, it catalyzes massive growth overnight. When they see that, they start to push marketing dollars towards this offer, it brings down their customer acquisition costs significantly. So with it, our brands think about it is any dollar that's not spent promoting the try now buy later program on Facebook, on Instagram is really leaving money on the table. Um, and so as they do that, as they communicate the value of this offering to their brands, the share of orders does go up um, and it becomes the axis by which all of their marketing activities revolve around. I think the big difference, maybe the thing I'd, I'd leave you with is many things in e-commerce are tactics. They're thing that you add, things that you add, add to your site, there's software that you implement and you kind of forget about it. Try now, we happen to have software, but really it comes down to a strategy. And the brands that drive the most growth, you try now is the strategy. And that cuts across all aspects of their business. So SMS, email marketing, Facebook marketing, PR, website messaging, it all is part of this holistic marketing strategy. Uh, so that's the, the slight nuance. Yeah, 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 yeah. Newsflash, Ben, I had you on here because I really wanted to learn about this product. You know, like yeah. I, I, to me, and even like with at our agency, I'm, I don't even know how many apparel brands we have here. And, you know, especially as marketing shifts, we're in day two of ad apocalypse, right? Wondering what's going to happen when people start updating to 14.5. So far, so good. <laughs> no one's dying yet. But we we do need to have new strategies, right? We need to have strategies that are going to get people in. Interestingly, from what I've seen, and I don't know what the actual numbers are, but anecdotally, buy now, pay later has, doesn't even have anywhere close to that kind of percentage. That's why the 20 to 60% just blew my mind that that many yeah. people are going to, to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big, it's a big difference. And it catalyzes a lot of change. When you have that many shoppers that go through, it means that there's some shift in consumer behavior that this is catalyzing. And when you see the AOV figures and you see the conversion, rate lifts, um, it, it becomes pretty clear that shoppers are behaving differently. They're behaving as they would in, in a brick and mortar store, but on your online store. Absolutely. Yeah. That offline, I'd love to see some of those numbers too. I'm going to ask you the question. I have to ask every single person who comes on, what is your secret to scaling? Secret to scaling? Well, I don't think there's a secret. I, I think for us, you know, persistence, maintaining equanimity, and really just a deep devotion to our customers. I and mean, that's really what it comes down to. And we spend a lot of time working with our customers. We spend a lot of time learning from our customers. Um, we spend a lot of time getting to know their pain points and problems. And we go through, we would do absolutely anything to ensure that our customers are successful. And once we do that, we take the lens of productizing what it is that we did to ensure that that customer was successful. So mm. persistence, maintaining equanimity throughout this process and a devotion to customers. Awesome. I can't disagree with any of those. That's great. I got three more questions for you. I hope that you're ready for these ones. I hope I am as well. <laughs> okay. The first one you do know, favorite tool or app that you're using right now? Yeah. A leather notebook. Oh, I think that, good answer. I think that for me, you know, we use monday.com. It's great. But like, I've tried all these Mon different Monday guys over here too. Yeah. I tried a bunch of different productivity tools. I love, I, I love some specific email servers, email clients that I use, but the reality is like nothing gets me more organized than just a blank sheet of paper. I find that 
the transition to digital, like, well, we are a tech business. I think the one area in my life right, where tech doesn't solve solve a purpose is my to-do list. I actually mm. love my list on paper. It just works for me better. That's great. My my wife is a huge writer downer of her to-do list. She's got books upon books that are just those, like, it's like the classic, like just has little check marks. And for her, her switch over from digital over to that, she, she said, it's like, I, I could never go back. Couldn't go back to digital. Like, this is incredible to have this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Favorite part? podcast what, what what's that been i said it's retro it is it's right re- it's cool too yeah yeah exactly favorite podcast or audiobook that you're listening to right now i'm listening to a book called peak it's an audiobook and peak is really like it's it's the work that are you familiar with outliers by malcolm gladwell yeah oh yeah peak is the work and research that was done which informed outliers i think oh. in the in the did, he actually talked about how seven thousand hours creates expertise in an area yeah. now yeah. gladwell rounded up felt like 10,000 10,000 hours would be better uh, but it, it originated with this work and it was pretty fascinating around the adaptability of of one's mind and sort of the uh, the power of deliberate pe- practice. Hmm. Awesome. I love that kind of stuff so much. Uh, I feel like they're, yeah, guys, if you're not out there reading books, I mean, you're listening to podcasts. So obviously you have some sort of thirst for knowledge, but it's just incredible what you can do to change your mind. I mean, as your mind changes, the world literally changes around you. You know, you see things that you didn't used to see. Anyway, there's my rant about reading <laughs> Yeah. or listening, whichever, whichever you can do. Last question for you. If you could sit down with anybody for an hour, uh, they have to be alive, have some coffee, tea, beer, wine. Who would it be? Hmm. You know, this is not business related, but it would be John Muir. I'm a huge backpacker. I'm a huge environmentalist. And John Muir was really the minds behind the national park systems. And I think the national park system is one of the greatest, among many of the greatest assets we have in our country. And without John Muir, conservation just would not have been a thing. And uh, John Muir worked with Teddy Roosevelt to actually bring that to life. And so I fight the John Muir Trail in California about five times. I would love to, to sit down for a cup of coffee or maybe better would be go for a hike uh, with John mm. Muir. Oh, great answer. Uh, ben, this was awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, where can people find out more about you? And more importantly, I mean, not that you're not important, Ben, but... <laughs> but for any apparel brands listening to this, how can they take a look at your product and your software? Yeah, um, they can go to trynow.io and you can contact us on the site um, or you can send an email uh, to myself at bdavis at trynow.io and I'll connect you with our, uh, our team. Awesome, awesome. We'll put all those uh, all those notes in the show notes. Uh, as, um, thanks so much for coming on. This was really great. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jordan. Hope you have a great rest of your day. You too. Bye. Hey guys, we hope you really enjoyed today's episode. Can we ask you a favor? Hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode and share this with your e-commerce store owner friends. We also love reviews. So if you could leave us one on Apple Podcasts, that would mean so much to us. Just a reminder from the beginning of the episode, our team at Mindful Marketing is rapidly growing and we have room for one new brand a month that's looking to grow. Now, before you apply, please note that we're only looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity and the inventory for a large influx of orders. This opportunity is only available to brands that have had at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co slash apply and start the process today. I hope you guys have a great week.